Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Good afternoon, good morning, good night, wherever you happen to be, not to quote the Truman Show, but this is Daily Duff. Differently, my name is Ethan Linden. I am in New Orleans, Louisiana, and today we are studying Yoma Mem Aleph, 41, and right before uh, the Mishnah on Amud Bet, there's a, a little uh, discussion of a statement from Rabbi Elazar, Amar Rabbi Hoshaya, if you defile the sanctuary and therefore are required to bring a sacrifice, and you bring the poor person's version of that sacrifice, but you yourself are rich, well then, according to Rabbi Elazar, according to Rabbi Hoshaya, lo yatsa, you have not fulfilled your obligation in that case. If you're rich, you must bring the rich person's sacrifice. But Rabbi Chaga, Amar Rabbi Hoshaya, Interestingly, Rabbi Chaga has a different version of Rabbi Hoshaya's position. Rabbi Chaga's position is that, in fact, if you're rich and you do defile the sanctuary and then you bring the poor person's offering, you have fulfilled your obligation. And and then the uh, the Gemara brings a challenge and says that that can't possibly be because we know in the case of the Mitzorah, right, the whatever this Mitzorah, this skin disease is, if you're poor and you bring the rich person's sacrifice, then you're good to go. You're yatsa. You fulfilled your obligation. But if you're ashir shevi korban oni, right, if you're a, a, a rich person who brings the poor person's sacrifice, you are in fact not fulfilling your obligation. And that seems to be a pretty clear evidence that in cases where there's a rich person and poor person offering, and you're rich, and you try to bring the poor person's offering, you don't, you don't get to have that fulfilled, that you have not done your duty. But then the Gemara comes back, the, the defense of this in cl- classic uh, Talmudic uh, debate is, no, in fact, the Mitzorah case is Shani, it's different. Why? Uh, because there is this word there in the case of the leper that says, Zot. This will be the law, meaning that in that case, it's very clear that the Torah is saying, you bring the rich person sacrifice for a rich person, you bring the poor person sacrifice for a poor person, and you you really um, you, you can't mess around with it. And and that's in the case of of the of the mitzorah, but we don't have that language in the Torah in the case of the defilement of the sanctuary. So therefore. Uh, it's it's a different case there, and and uh, as Rabbi Chagat reports, a a rich person who who brings the poor person's offering can in fact be considered to have fulfilled his obligation. But then they they basically decide, well, maybe that's not the the best way uh, of deciding it because after all, the um, the Torah says about this 
that this will be the the Torah, the law for the leper, and that the the reason that works is because what you have is if you have a, a poor leper who brings a rich person sacrifice, then that single law of leperdom, right, of mitzora, covers his sacrifice. And you might then have assumed that because there's this kind of one law for all lepers, ultimately, that the the rich person who brings the poor person's offering is probably okay, right? Because there's only one law after all in the end. There's one Torah. And therefore, the Torah comes and says, no, zot. Meaning, zot, the, the, this sacrifice that the poor person offers as a poor person and the rich person offers as a rich person is the thing that makes them fulfilling their obligation. If you are rich, you are not allowed to bring the poor person's offering. So then they come and say, well, Nalef Mina, shouldn't we just learn from this case, this Mitzorah case, that all cases where there's a poor and a rich offering should be the same? And in the end, the uh, the sugya ends with the decision that no, in fact, you can't learn from that case because in the case of the Mitzorah, the, the Torah has in fact excluded all of the other cases except the Mitzorah, because the Torah says, V'im dal hu, right? In other words, if he, meaning the person who is a Mitzorah, is poor, then he brings the poor offering, and only he can bring the poor offering. That is, only in the case of the Mitzorah is the Torah being specific that the law about poor and rich applies to the poor person differently than it does to the rich person. In the case of the Mitzorah, you cannot, if you are wealthy, bring the poor person's offering. But in all other cases, you in fact can do so, and you will have fulfilled your obligation. Which in some ways raises the question, why does the Torah even give poor and rich offerings in those other cases? I mean, if you're a rich person and you don't want to bring the rich person sacrifice, you can bring the poor person sacrifice, which basically means that you're making a voluntary contribution. Anything above the poor person's offering is a voluntary contribution at that point. And the question becomes why the Torah would even offer the other option, the, the wealthy person's option. And of course, the, the, the Gemara here does not, in fact, get into that question. But I, I think it's a fascinating conversation about, you know, when we stand before God, rich or poor, there's this sense that, well, we're all equal in the eyes of God. But this distinction that's made in the case of the Mitzorah and in the case of defiling the sanctuary seems to indicate that, in fact, God requires different things of different people depending on what they have, depending on what they can give. Although the Gemara's discussion indicates that, in fact, it's not as broad as we might think, that actually the real distinction is only in the case of the Mitzorah, and then in all of the other cases, when there seems to be this rich and poor potential, that actually you can always just offer, no matter who you are, the poor person's offering. But I think in some sense this really gets at the question of do we assume that God sees us all equally and are we all equally commanded to give? Or is it that even as a wealthy person I can give a much smaller amount, something that ultimately isn't as meaningful for me and that is still a meaningful offering for God even though it is much less of a sacrifice for me as a wealthy person. The Talmud seems to indicate that the answer is, in most cases, yes. 
that as a wealthy person, you can give the minimum and still fulfill your obligation, even if that minimum means a lot less to you than the minimum does for the poor person. In the end, with the exception of the case of the Mitzorah, it seems that there is a minimum level at which God is satisfied. There is a minimum level at which we can fulfill our obligation no matter who we are or what we have. And there's something powerful about that idea, that it doesn't matter what we have or who we are, that we can still do what God asks of us at a rather small level. But there's also something problematic about this as well. The idea that no matter who you are, we all owe the same, maybe that's not quite fair. Maybe the person who has more should give more, and the person who has less should give less. After all, let's not forget that in this debate over whether or not a mitzorah, who is poor or rich, can offer which sacrifice, it is clear to everyone that if someone who is poor wishes to stretch him or herself and offer the sacrifice of the rich, then it is very clear that that person certainly has fulfilled the obligation that they have. Thank you very much, and have a wonderful day, and I'll speak with you at some time in the future down the road of Daily Daf Differently. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.